Hello, friends. Welcome to Girl Empowered, a podcast with Ophelia's Plays designed to inspire, educate, and empower you and the girls in your life. I'm your host, River Allen. I'm really excited today to welcome back one of my favorite people to talk to in general about anything, um, but particularly around today's topic, which has to do with kind of that crappy new year, new you messaging that we all start seeing around this time of year. Who I'm inviting, of course, is Yuki Roberts, our amazing school program director at Ophelia's Place. Thank you for having me back. I am so excited to be talking about this. It's so important. You just really, I think, are, are brilliant at summarizing some of the really toxic elements of this whole conversation about body image, about dieting, about changing yourself. But I'm wondering if you feel like sharing a little bit about um, maybe kind of what started you off on being so passionate about really trying to challenge these these harmful messages? I think a lot of it comes from my own personal experience, just just being um, a woman and also being a woman of color, um, being, you know, biracial and being half Japanese. Um, you know, there's this whole other set of stereotypes and expectations around what women look like and and particularly how petite you are and how much you eat and all of these things that are really more cultural. And um, it wasn't actually until I started interning at Ophelia's Place and having this other narrative around food and, and bodies. And I remember during my internship, really kind of having this fire lit in me to really want to speak out against this narrative that I had been fed my whole life around women are supposed to be skinny, you know, and it's like normal to comment on what people are eating and how much they're eating and good foods and bad foods and health and, and all of this kind of nonsense. Um, And so OP lit that fire. And then I've just kind of taken it and ran with it. One for my own self, like wanting to do my own work, walking my talk so that whatever space I'm in, I can show up and one, acknowledge how challenging it is to be a woman in this society, how hard it is to be constantly bombarded by seemingly everything around you telling you that you're wrong, you look wrong, you're too fat, you have too many stretch marks, you know, whatever. And, and being able to speak to that and also offer a different narrative to the young people that I work with. And yes, you know, I have three kids and I know that they all really look to me to model how I feel about my body, which is going to create the framework in which they're going to kind of explore their bodies and feel about their bodies. And so it just feels like I have a lot of eyes on me and lots of different spaces. Um, But ultimately, like I want to do it for myself. Um, and to move forward in my life in a way that is not focused around what my body looks like or how much I weigh. Um, And I've kind of made it my personal life mission to be really vocal about that, right? To really push back against these really diet culture, fat phobic things um, and provide a different narrative that is just you don't owe anyone anything and your body can be the way that it is. And that's fine. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I, I think I have, you know, I've had a similar journey. Um, I was never a naturally thin bodied person. I was a, you know, pretty average healthy kid. Um, And then 
right at the cusp of middle school was when I was introduced to dieting as being a very normal and appropriate thing for me to do, particularly as a girl, which set off actually, you know, a really difficult lifelong battle with what does it mean to listen to my body, to eat the way I, my body wants to eat, when it wants to eat, to move when it wants to move. Um, and I developed, you know, as naturally a, a larger bodied woman, a fat woman. Um, and then there's been this journey of embracing and accepting my being, which includes my body as it is. I know you and I have so, so many similar views and feel a similar calling to be vocal about it, to make sure that we're offering something that's different from what we're inundated with on the daily. So with that, I thought maybe we could talk about this whole new year, new you, new body, new, you know, with the new year comes the inundation of social media ads about diet programs and exercise programs and all of that. I hate all of that for so many reasons. One, new year, new you is so invalidating of the experiences that we've had in the previous year, the things that we've learned, grief that we've experienced, joy, you know, that we have shared with other people, like it just seems like there's a deadline and it cuts that off and is trying to erase it and only focused on moving forward. And that seems really backwards to me. It's so just pushy on people to make decisions about their lives and their bodies that are not authentic to who they are. Like body image is so ingrained in this larger industry that is solely focused on making money. Right? Totally. When right. About, when we're talking about new you, what we're talking about is a thinner you. What we're talking about is a skinnier you. We're not talking about going to therapy and healing ourselves. We're not talking about reconnecting with people that make us feel good about who we are. When we talk about new year, new you, we're talking about bodies. Like that 100%. is what that phrase exists for. We are fed this narrative constantly that if we are thin, we will be happy. Like whatever yeah. is wrong in our life, right? If your marriage is falling apart, if you are struggling, you know, with mental health, whatever, that poof, that's all going to be gone if you are thin. It's the magic it, bullet. Yes. Yeah. And it is just the most enraging thing ever. Well, know? I appreciate what you said, you know, going back at this piece around the new year in particular. I feel like when you want to reflect on a period of time, say the previous year, it seems like such a potentially really beautiful invitation to reflect on all those experiences you talked about, grief and joy and loss and learning and integrate them into your development as a human being. So, and, yeah. and it could be this really interesting and, and potentially meaningful opportunity to kind of really think about all of that. Um, and instead we've turned it in very much into what you said, sort of this marketing gimmick of, Hey, it's New Year. Make a new New Year's resolution, which inevitably means something about you isn't good enough. Something about you is wrong. So you have to make this resolution to be better. And like you said, not evolve as a human being, not seek happiness and connection and growth and depth. Not read more books. You know, it's always control your body. Your body is a problem. Your body is an enemy. It's a challenge that you have to somehow overcome. And then the subtext that you just nailed it so beautifully, the subtext being that 
if you can do that, everything in your life will be good and make sense and be perfect with no real introspection, no real, you know, questioning of of our values and who we are and what we want in life, but just be skinny, you know? I mean, this happens all the time, but particularly around this time of year, there's just these huge blanket statements that are made or these huge marketing things that go out that do not acknowledge in any way, shape or form somebody's like physical ability, right? Or different body needs, right? Like medical needs in terms of like movement or nutrition or whatever. And and when you don't acknowledge those things, you make them almost taboo. And another thing that is really, really harmful this time of year is the word health is used yeah. so much. And, and it's so problematic because when you think of health, you think of dieting and going to the gym. You think of this really specific thing when in reality, health encompasses mental health, emotional health, physical health outside of how many minutes you go to the gym a day and more about how do you feel in your body? How do you move it in a way that is joyous? And how do you explore moving your body in different ways? So this time of year is so hard. And it is also really sad to see so many young people just kind of parrot what other adults in their lives are saying about health and exercising and nutrition and all of those things and watching them kind of take on some of those behaviors. It's a really hard time of year kind of already as people move on to the next phase, but to have this pressure around being expected to go to the gym and eat a certain way and like be thinner is just it is so much pressure and it's interesting to me because there's a part of me um that thinks about winter in particular as being a time of rest and looking inward and getting cozy and just a a little bit of a shift in our energy like if we think about ourselves as as creatures of the natural world which we are Mm -hmm. um This is when a lot of the critters kind of hunker down a little bit. And I feel like there's a part of us that we've really lost that appreciates the slowing down, the being more thoughtful, the looking inside, the coming together with your loved ones, um, and and really using that time for reflection, kind of as I alluded to. And instead, it's like, oh, it's the winter months. You can't go outside as much. God forbid you might gain weight. I know. Right. So in January, you're supposed to be thinking about bikini season. And I guess when I think about all the values we have and what we want to see for young people, for young women, for ourselves and each other, you know, is really not basing how we feel about ourselves on fear and hatred and insecurity and the need to control. That just feels so antithetical to what we what we really talk about when we use the word empowered. So, you know, I just think about like how easy it is to fall prey to this stuff because it's not, um, as you said before we came on the show, you know, we aren't born with these beliefs about ourselves. We aren't born with a desire to diet, you know. <laughs> um, it's taught to us by society. And so, you know, what's the role that we have um, as caring adults to the young people in our lives, to our friends and family, to just put out something a little different, a different story, a different narrative, a different way of looking at ourselves in the world. <laughs> we, we have a really important role. And it, and as you also said, 
we got to start within ourselves because we have internalized these same beliefs. We're carrying them around. Um, so we need to spend a little time looking at that so that we can maybe even open a space to see things a little differently. And it is hard to do that. We are constantly, constantly bombarded with images that make us feel bad about ourselves with, you know, even on podcasts, right? Like diet ads, just, you know, talking about different nutrition programs you can enroll in. We almost become numb. Like it's so intense. The messaging around thinness and losing weight is so intense that I think it is also really normal to become numb to it and it so we don't question it we don't it doesn't question even occur it. to us yeah yeah and I think it's I think it's it also makes it easier to just say okay yeah like that exists without taking the time to really critically think about what is this ad trying to sell to me what is it promising me and what do I gain and the answer every time is thinness we're kind of encouraged to conquer our own bodies but not in a way that works with our bodies but just like dominating and controlling our bodies to the point where our mind is always in control and we just kind of disconnect from being in our body and feeling our bodies and getting in tune with what our bodies really need in the work that we do you and I have had probably a thousand conversations around body wisdom right and that's one of the things that that we talk about that is very different from the cultural messaging that we get around our bodies are super smart and they know what they need and they communicate with us and it's our job to figure out how to listen and in order to do that you have to be able to have the skill to sort through all of the other messaging that you're getting that is trying to have you not do that, to not get in touch with your body, to just live in your mind and your brain. And when your body hurts or you run too far or whatever, to push through it, right? To get through it, conquer it. You've got it rather than listening and saying, my body is in pain and I need to rest. The very sensation of hunger is the yeah. is such a na- baby's habit you know that's how they cry oh, you know it's that yes. nurse you know this is a fundamental need you know like if you were a being on this earth hunger is part of the thing that tells you how to care for yourself yes and when we disconnect body and thought body and brain in that way um we're actively saying ignore this absolutely necessary physical cue Yes. And I just think about the times, uh, you know, and you'll see this continuing in diet culture, you know, things like, oh, if you're hungry, if you if your stomach feels hungry, if you think you're hungry, you're not really hungry. Um, they'll drink say things a glass like, of water. drink a glass of water, wait 20 minutes, don't eat after 7 p.m. You know, there's a million rules. And there's a part of me that's just like, if we're literally saying, don't eat when you're hungry, we're, we're very screwed up. Like that, that is such a basic drink when you're thirsty, eat when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired. Like those are like real baseline things. You know, all the rest of the things that are part of modern society, we can talk about and figure out what's, you know, do we need to limit our internet usage? Probably, you know, things like that. But our basic core level needs, um, our bodies give us those messages, like you said, because they're wise, because they know what we need. They know, it knows what it needs to function. Everybody does um, until we get in the way. Um, there's a doctor I really appreciate who um, 
is from the UK and, you know, trained as a medical doctor and has recently in the last few years really come out as a health at every size practitioner, as very critical of diet culture. Um, and he did a wonderful takedown <laughs> on social media the other day of dieting companies and such that are trying to use you know, wellness and health in these ways to try to convince you that, uh, because I think there is a rising awareness that this stuff isn't healthy, right? Actually healthy. It's not good for you. So they're kind of finding ways to rebrand themselves to say like, oh, we're not like that, but they actually are. So his takedown was basically like, they're telling you, oh, it's not a diet plan, but look, blah, 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 blah. It absolutely is. So, you know, just seeing how that critical awareness that we talk about in lots of different areas of, of the work we do with young people is, is a really helpful tool for us as adults to kind of continue interrogating these assumptions and this, these negative influences and start thinking for ourselves, start trusting our bodies a little bit more, modeling that for young people, um, not just kind of falling into the new year, new you, BS that we seem to get every year. Let's also not forget to mention that we are still in the middle of a global health pandemic <laughs> where what we weigh at all times should be the least important thing about ourselves. But especially now, what our bodies look like is really not the most important thing to be focusing on, right? Like the amount of collective trauma that we have experienced as like a species with COVID has been so hard and coming off of, you know, Thanksgiving and then Christmas, there's so much pressure around like buying the right things, right? Or buying gifts, spending lots of money, doing all of this stuff. And then moving into the new year, you're encouraging people to completely change who they are. It just seems like a really bad setup, like so much cultural pressure to be doing things in a really specific way um, that makes other people money and isn't at all focused on the important things like who someone is or how empathetic they are or how they demonstrate respect to other people or how caring or nurturing they are. And so it can be really confusing. That piece just there at the end too about how we treat each other and, and values around respect because one of the fundamental issues is how we judge others. And how we've internalized these beliefs about what people should look like is all of a sudden it becomes okay, sort of tacitly okay to make negative comments about people's appearance, particularly if they're fat, because it's so normalized, um, because somehow we don't see that as bullying, even though it is. Um, and then the justification that people use are things like either, oh, well, I'm just, I want them to be healthy, which particularly when it's a stranger is clearly such nonsense. You don't care. You you want, you have, you have emotions around this or you have, um, a justification for feeling like you can be cruel, but also, um, you know, like if you look at some of the social media influencers who are being so brave to put themselves out there to model like all different body types and all different ways of, of being, um, and then get this hatred directed at them that is really, really terrible and really harmful. And they try to use a justification of, you know, you're glorifying this negative lifestyle or you're having all this influence and you're doing harm, which is, I'm just going to say it, because it's true, that's nonsense. <laughs> Seeing a diversity of human bodies, whether that's skin colors, abilities, sizes, ages, genders, um, is good for all of us. <laughs> You're not harming anyone by loving yourself, being willing to let the rest of the world see that it's okay to be who you are in the body that you have now. Um, but it is, it's really interesting how the, those folks will kind of use the justification of health 
when really that isn't what's going on. I think you're absolutely right. It's a lot more about internalized um, defensiveness and insecurity and fear and all these other things that we've all been raised with. And then it comes out in, in these other kinds of judgmental ways that I wish we really would just see is bullying. This might be kind of pessimistic of me, but we don't live in a culture that encourages and nurtures like empathy. And so I have a really hard time when people say that because my first reaction is always like, why don't you care more about all of these other things that are impacting them? Like, why don't you care more maybe about like, like if there's somebody who is like living in, in poverty, like, do you care about poverty? Do you care about how they're doing? Do you care about accessibility? Do you care about um, their mental and emotional health? And the answer is no. I'm right. And so people feel this entitlement over other people's bodies or being able to have an opinion about yes. other people's bodies that is taught like we are taught that we learn from the culture that we are in that it is okay for us to pass judgment on other people based on their appearance and we are also taught in our culture that fat people are inferior that they do are not deserving of the same levels of respect or access or come or anything that any other person is deserving of and that really feeds that mindset of based on whatever body I have that is smaller that it is now okay for me to pass judgment on that other person and those trolls that go on oh my gosh you're you're glorifying obesity no I'm literally showing you what specifically women's bodies look like one of my favorite images of all time seven different women who all weigh the same and they're different heights and they show you in one photo and it's super clicked for me you want to talk about full circle in terms of when I got really passionate about this because I really had to check myself and my biases around how I viewed people with larger bodies, right? Or, or constantly comparing my body to other people's bodies. And that image was really powerful because it's just, one, it's none of my business. And two, right, you're really taught that 200 pounds looks like this. 300 pounds looks like this. It just feels like there's so much hate surrounding fat-bodied people. Period. Because yeah, there and, is. <laughs> and, and that we're so overtly taught that hate in almost all of the different spaces that we occupy. Like I even think about being in middle school and high school and the ways that peers and friends talk about, you know, kids who have larger bodies and just feeling like that was normal and it's not normal. And even now, um, going to family gatherings or, you know, hanging out with friends and having people talk about what somebody is eating or how much somebody is eating. Like it can feel normal because it's such a part of the language that we use in our culture. And yeah. And so I'm so glad that spaces like OP exist to be able to, to counteract that narrative and to be able to say, that is what we experience, but that's not actually how it is for people. 
And this is how we can treat people with respect and dignity and why being accepting of people for who they are rather than what their body looks like is so important. I really appreciate all of that. Again, you know, I talk about this a lot, but it's true. You have a lot of wisdom and a lot of passion for this. And um, we are going to do a part two for our listeners to know we're going to do a part two. UK and I together are going to talk next month about a little bit more specifically about some of the harmful impacts of dieting in particular. So not just diet culture in terms of its effects on how we feel about ourselves, but actually some of the more, um, you know, harmful outcomes in terms of especially young people um, around eating disorders, um, negative relationship with bodies and movement, all those things. Um, So I hope that you'll all join us to listen to to more of that. Um, Yuki, what I'd love to ask from you as we kind of close out would be, what would be your takeaway that you would like listeners to have for what's like one thing they can do to help spread that that vibe a little bit more out into the world and to the, to the people that they interact with, you know, given that we know it can be really hard <laughs> internally as well as in our conversations with others. But what might be one thing you'd recommend? I think surrounding yourself with people who talk about bodies respectfully and positively or just neutrally. Um, I think a big part of that comes down to social media, like following people, like actively searching out pages that offer a different perspective and then unfollowing people, whether it's people you went to high school with, family members, influencers that make you feel bad about yourself or where you find yourself wanting to compare your body to somebody else's it's okay to take them out of your space. And social media is a great place to find alternative narratives. And if you can find even one person, Lizzo, Tess Holiday, Ashley Graham, even like Ashley Graham for me as a mom has been huge. But if you can start with one person and look at the people that those people follow and look at the people that those people follow, and create your own oasis within your social media um, where you're seeing pictures of stretch marks or bodies that look like yours or just other bodies that you don't see. It's an excellent starting place. I love that. I think that's a great tip. I guess my takeaway would be to really turn some self-compassion on. So as we are in this new year (laughs) business, I feel like if there's a message, I would say it's new year, same you, you are good enough. You're good enough just the way you are. Your body is good enough just the way it is. It's a relationship that can be complicated, but turn that self-compassion inward, turn that, that, that acceptance or that openness to seek acceptance. Um, And that if you're, if we're doing that all individually, and then we're, we're sharing that with the people in our lives and the young people in our lives. um, I I feel like that's at least a good starting place for all of us. Yeah. Well, thank you, Yuki. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you next month. Thank you for having me. Thank you to our listeners for listening today. I hope you will subscribe and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll leave you today with a poem by Nikita Gill called Tell Your Daughters. Tell your daughters how you love your body. Tell them how they must love theirs. Tell them to be proud of every bit of themselves from their tiger stripes to the soft flesh of their thighs whether there is a little of them or a lot, whether freckles cover their face or not, whether their curves are plentiful or slim, whether their hair is thick, curly, straight, long, or short. 
tell them how they inherited their ancestors, souls and their smiles, that their eyes carry countries that breathed life into history, that the swing of their hips does not determine their destiny. Tell them never to listen when bodies are critiqued. Tell them every woman's body is beautiful because every woman's soul is unique. See you next time. <laughs>